0: The following is an Auburn Network production. You are on the line. Live on ESPN 106.7.
1: You're on the line here on ESPN 106.7, Auburn up like sports leader. Happy Monday, everybody. Hope you're doing well on this Monday, July 10th, 2023. This is On The Line, the show that tells you like it is and holds nothing back. i Jacob Goins. He is Carter Bird. You've got us for the next two hours here on ESPN 106.7, the Auburn Opelika, sports leader. Hope you're all doing well. Hope y'all had a fantastic weekend. Uh, I was very lazy this weekend. I did... A whole lot of nothing, and it was awesome. It was fantastic. It's been very busy over the last few months, and so uh, I took advantage of having a couple of days where I just didn't do a whole lot. Found a new show on Netflix, and I binged that for a lot. And uh, How far did, did you get? I am uh, like halfway through season two. I All am right. watching Suits on Netflix. I discovered it uh, late Friday night, kind of on accident, and if you don't know me, I am one of the absolute worst people at starting a new show or a new movie i'm a very lazy tv watcher and what i mean by that is i watch the same three shows on repeat and i just watch them and i will watch them until the end of time what
2: are what are are those three
1: the two the two main ones i watch are the big bang theory and friends i go back and forth between
2: those will never get on board with the uh, big bang theory what
1: that is my favorite show of all time that is my favorite sitcom of all time, I should say. It is I'm I've and watched the spin-off
2: the, shows even worse.
1: Uh yeah, I don't like the spin-off show, but the original, The Big Bang Theory is really good. And so I watch those two just on repeat. I watch one from beginning to end and then I'll go to the other one and watch it from beginning to end and basically just do that cycle. But I accidentally discovered Suits over the weekend. It is fantastic. I'm in love with it and I watched a lot of that. Uh outside of the MLB draft and UFC, that's all I watched. And so I had a lazy weekend. How was your weekend, Carter?
2: Oh, it was good. It was good. Um, got to do some some work. Of course, the, the rain yesterday um, flooded my backyard again. <laughs> I was going to ask if it worse, flooded again. Worse than it's ever been, actually. Really? Like the big concrete slab that I guess functions as the like little area to put chairs and stuff in my backyard... That was underwater, hmm. which has never happened yet. Well, there you go. We got some rain yesterday. It wasn't
1: as bad. It definitely was storming for a little bit, but wasn't as bad as it's been in the past. But uh, we'll hope you all had a good weekend as well. We are 54 days away from the kickoff of Auburn football. Uh, we have Auburn things to talk about today. Uh, we have a commitment to talk about. We have some news regarding SEC Media Days coming up a week from today. So excited to uh, talk about that as well we know who will be going with auburn the players that will be representing the tigers in nashville uh, we had that conversation last week kind of predicting we were sort of right. <laughs> we were sort of right, sort of not right. Uh, we'll talk about the three guys that will be going with head coach Hugh Freeze on Tuesday of next week in Nashville. Uh, and excited to to let you know, all of our listeners, that we will once again be in or we will be there for SEC Media Days. It was in Atlanta last year. Uh, it is in Nashville this year. So excited to, uh, to be there. I will be there representing on the line, and then Dan Peck will be there representing the drive and so uh, we will be there on location Uh, Doug from the max roundtable will be there so it's going to be a lot of fun again next week we should have great guests great interviews uh, great sound bites from all the coaches uh, as many players as we can get and as many uh, talented uh, people that are going to be in Nashville for SEC media day so excited for that next week uh, we will be on location live from Radio Row like we were last year in Atlanta but this year we'll be in Nashville so We'll talk about who Auburn is bringing with them, some of the other big names around the conference that will be joining uh, everyone there in Nashville next week as well. We also have Jacob Hillman back on the show today of the Auburn Sports Network. He'll join us at 3.30. Lots to talk about with him. Uh, So a very Auburn-heavy day. Plus, it's Monday. We'll give you the best and worst things we saw in sports from over the weekend. So a very busy show today. We'd love for you to call in and be a part of it on the phone lines. 334 321 1390. And Carter, let's jump into this thing. I mentioned we are 54 days away from Auburn football, and over the weekend, they picked up another commit uh, for the 2024 class. The defensive lineman from Pike Road, Malik Blockton, has committed to Auburn.
2: Yeah, and this was one that we felt was coming over time. Uh, I think that this is a big pickup. I think it's. Somebody you can start to build out that defensive line class with. Something I do think that's interesting is I feel like the offensive line and defensive line classes, at least in Auburn's kind of recruiting footprint, seem a little more sparse this year. There don't seem to be as many options right now. Uh, Part of me wonders if it's just lack of evaluation for guys whether it be by coaching staffs and by these services because they're having to worry so much about transfers now Mm -hmm. Uh, but so I do wonder how that develops over the rest of this upcoming fall Uh, but I think that this is a great place to start this is a guy who I think is getting a lot better over time Uh, somebody who can kind of play up and down the the defensive line the Brother of Marcus Harris on Auburn's current team. Which
1: I think helped a lot with oh, yeah. the recruiting and commitment of Blockton to come to Auburn.
2: Oh, yeah. I mean, that's that's that absolutely helps, especially when you're in a battle with with Texas um, at the finish line. I mean, mm-hmm. you beat out the four teams on the on three RPM uh, prediction machine were Auburn, Texas, Alabama, and Clemson. Uh, Florida was in there as well, but Auburn ha- held 97% uh, of, the, of the predictions. So, I mean, it makes sense that Auburn was able to, to pick him up. Um, and this is, I mean, depending on where you look, 6'4", on 247. A big guy. I think he's going to get a lot better this upcoming year. He's a composite four-star on 247. Apparently, he's got a new coach at Pike Road who's really good at coaching defense and very technically sound. And that is going to benefit him in his career, uh, in his senior year at Pike Road. So this is another guy that we could talk about picking up that fourth star across all the services continuing to climb these rankings
1: yeah no doubt and I think that's important is this is a guy in Malik Blockton that yes he's a three star now but I'm with you I think he can pick up that fourth star and that is what fans like to see right they want to see the four and five stars commit to commit to Hugh Freeze and Auburn nothing wrong with three stars but You just know in today's game of college football, especially in the SEC, that's going to get even better next year with the addition of Texas and Oklahoma, you just can't compete with three stars. They're good to have here and there, and you can develop them, and they're good for depth pieces, but... You gotta get the four and five stars if you wanna if you wanna compete in this state and in this conference. Mm-hmm. And I think Malik Blockton could become a four star. Uh you mentioned already how he's six foot three, six foot four, depending on where you look, two hundred and seventy five pounds.
2: I think I think he's in that six three and a half, six mm-hmm. four range. Like that seems to be the consensus when you look at his profiles across the the different sites. I mean, obviously we know we know how um sometimes unreliable these these measurements at in sports can be and just it's almost I mean, outdated sometimes I mean, is he wearing shoes or not
1: Right. Yeah, that's a very good point. Did he measure in cleats or did he measure barefoot? Because you never know what he's going to play in when he's on the field, right? Uh, You also mentioned that he picked Auburn over Alabama, Texas, Florida. Troy was in there as well. Um, He had, I believe he had over 40 offers across the country. Uh, So another guy that not only picked Auburn over Alabama, he's an in-state kid. He's another in-state product that chose Auburn over Alabama. And you just got to keep getting one at a time when you get talented guys from the state. This wasn't somebody that was an Auburn, just absolute Auburn lock, never even considered Alabama. I mean, they wanted him, right? Alabama wanted him, and I think he was interested, but Auburn was in a really good spot. They jumped on him early. Uh, His brother being on the team definitely helps. Um, And I think in total that Malik Blockton, is a really good football player and he is the number 24 senior recruit in the state of Alabama. He's the number 25 Uh, that's from two, four, seven number 25, according to on three Uh, that is now when you look at this across the state, that is seven of the top 30 seniors in the 2024 rankings, according to two, four, seven. So you're getting guys in high school late in their careers that are deciding to come to Auburn. And I think they picked up another good one with Malik Blockton. I think he said uh, he'll start on the edge, is what Auburn told him, and then possibly work inside throughout his career. Um, we'll see how that goes. But I think right now at six foot four, you could mm-hmm. say 275. I think coming off the edge is fine.
2: Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I, I think when it's all said and done, he's going to be – a really big D end, but I think he'll probably be kind of that Marcus Harris size uh, D tackle. I think he'll be a very similar player to Marcus Harris. And that's a coincidence considering they're brothers, but kind of that small D tackle, really big D end mold. Um, Man, I, I think that this is going to be a, Solid pickup. And I think it's only going to age better over time. And if he's got the work ethic of his brother, he's going to play. Mm-hmm. He's going to play a lot. Because Marcus Harris has been about the most consistent thing on Auburn's defensive line for the previous two seasons.
1: Well, a quote from Blockton after his commitment, he says, I don't really care where I play as long as i am been positioned to make plays for my team, end quote. Sounds pretty good to me. <laughs> like – that's the guys you want and I feel like Carter I feel like of the guys that have committed to Auburn in 2024 it seems like a lot of them have that same message that same mentality it's like put me wherever you want I'm just here to help the team win I want to make plays I want to win we had a guy said he wanted to bring championships to Auburn which is the right mentality to have and I think it speaks to who Hugh Freeze and this staff are going after who they're talking to who they are recruiting, and yes, they're going after the biggest and baddest names in the state and across the country, but they're also going after guys that fit, and it's important for that to to happen everywhere, but it really seems like Hugh Freeze in the very early stages of what could be a long head coaching career at Auburn, he's worried about building that foundation, right? He's worried about getting guys that can build the narrative to help make bring, yeah. bring this football program out from beyond the clouds, right, and bring them from a dark place that it was in and build the foundation which will help you win on the field, helps the fan buy in, helps you in recruiting, which is going to lead to bigger and bigger victories later on.
2: Yeah, and that's... It's these first the first cycle and a half because the half cycle being the short cycle mm-hmm. that this staff will have had. It's really vital to instill a culture, uh, something that can, like you said, set that foundation for this program as you try to build it back up. By the way, I wanna I wanna call some attention to uh, a quote by Malik Blockton. That doesn't shock me, but says a lot. Uh, Look, he said, it's talking about Hugh Freeze and getting to know him. It's been very beneficial because Coach Harson, when he was at Auburn, I never had a sit-down meeting with him. Coach Freeze made me a priority that he sat down and talked with me and talked about how this staff just engaged him more and just interacted with him more, put in more effort. The fact that this is a guy just up the road who has deep ties to Auburn, and he can't sit down with a previous coach, is just another example of why he wasn't the right guy and why this guy is the right guy. I had a tweet about it over the weekend, just the the, the uh, difference between those first two sentences of that quote. Auburn fans seem to agree with it, because it picked up some steam for a few days, but Yet again, this is just an example. Hugh Freeze, this relentless effort is amplified, especially when it's back to back with maybe the worst effort we've ever seen by a coach in recruiting ever. Yeah, and it's
1: not surprising, is the crazy thing. It's not surprising that he couldn't get a sit-down with Harson. I mean, it's just it is what it is at this point. Um, but I think one thing too, another quote from This was a quote from uh, Malik Blockton's head coach at Pike Road, uh, Granger Shook. He said, quote, I think he can be a starter pretty quickly in the SEC. And he knows him better than most, his head coach at Pike Road. And he's not going to say that if he doesn't believe it. So I think that's important as well. I think Auburn fans should like this commitment of Malik Blockton. It's on the defensive line. He picked Auburn over Alabama and Texas. Before we get to break, I want to talk about another player really quickly. Bryce Kane, I'm sure you saw this, officially mm-hmm. picked up his fourth
2: star. Yeah, on, on, on three, mm-hmm. yep. I I think it's going to – these services, the rankings trickle out at weird times, and it takes some of them forever to update their composite. Like, he's still a three-star in the composites, also – Explain this to me. If you have a composite ranking system that takes all of the services and averages them out, how is Bryce Kane 621 in one of them and 523 in another? Yeah, doesn't make a whole lot of sense, does it? No, it doesn't. But he had a huge (laughs) jump in the on-three rankings to 187 overall, a four-star Uh, number thirty-five receiver in the country, number eleven player in the state of Alabama. Look, he's only gonna get better. He's only gonna rise because he's a really special player, and he's has not played football that long. He's only gonna get better. Right, only gonna get better. Barring barring. Injury this Well, yeah. No no
1: doubt. And I think he's gonna get better. Um, so some good news to start off on a Monday when it comes to Auburn football recruiting. We'll talk some more about it later on, coming up an hour two when we have Jacob Hillman of the Albert Sports Network on the show at three thirty. So excited to uh, see what he has to say about all of this. When we come back, though, we'll have question of the day. It's Monday. You know what that means? Best and worst from over the weekend. I have multiple, I'm sure Carter does as well. well. We'll talk a lot about this when we come back. 334-321-1390. Don't turn that radio dial. Question of the day on the other side.
0: You are on the line on ESPN 1067. Call in at 334-321-1390 or toll free at 888-382-7502.
1: All right, question of the day here on the Monday edition of On the Line. It's the same one every single Monday. Best and worst things in sports that we saw over the weekend. And... Believe it or not, for the middle of July, where it's supposed to be a little bit slower when it comes to sports, man, there's a lot to talk about here. We'll carry this into the second hour around this same time when we have our question of the day as well. Um, Carter, do you want to start best and worst of the weekend in sports?
2: I'll go best, sure. Okay. Um, I'll go with Ellie De La Cruz stealing second, third, and home in, a, in the same... I guess three pitch sequence. Yeah, it was awesome. He's (laughs) it was fantastic, dude. I saw somebody
1: make the argument: should he be an all star? Somebody was making the argument: should he be an all star?
2: I think you should honestly have like a a straight up just like captain's pick, like the Ryder Cup, and you pick Mm -hmm. a guy like that because it would make the All Star Game more exciting and pretty much the Reds just turning their entire season and fortune of the last decade around Mm -hmm. coincides with when he got pulled up so like there's something there yeah no he is definitely
1: he's turned around the the entire organization they're winning baseball games he's the most exciting player in all of major league baseball um and yeah him stealing yeah second third and home was in the same bat was really really impressive um there's not many guys in the game that a could do that or b would even think about doing that and that's why guys like him are good for the game of baseball right he is electric he's emotional he's talented and he lets you know about it and the old school baseball fans don't like it but i do and i think we've had this conversation before about major league baseball They are just scrapping to keep fans watching the game and keeping up with the game and especially trying to tap into the younger audience. A guy like Elie De La Cruz gets younger people watching
2: and keeping up and listening to Major League Baseball. That Reds team feels very, granted, their division is really bad, so they might straight up win It feels very Baltimore Orioles-ish from last year. You call up a bunch of young guys. Your team is really young. Maybe a year too early. You start to win some games, make some noise. But this is the start of a window of them being a pretty good team. Mm -hmm. The Orioles Orioles are the best team in the AL East. Stop. (laughs) Stop. They are.
1: I know. I just don't want to talk about it. They the are, Red man. Sox aren't bad. You. Everybody else is just better than them.
2: <laughs> That's the problem. Well, yes. Everybody's just yes. better. The the entire division's at least five games above 500.
1: Yeah, it's ridiculous. But the
2: Rays are just collapsing down the stretch. Like their their win in game three against the Braves was, I think, it snapped a seven game losing streak. I think. As remember, they were two weeks ago. Four or five games ahead of the Braves for best record in baseball. And now they're sitting there at 58 and 35. The Braves are 60 and 29. Their hot start is ultimately gone. They they kinda just sustained. They were they were so red hot to start and then they were just like pretty good. Mm -hmm. And then we saw that just they've petered out into the break. And they got to get their minds right and get ready for the back half of this season. I'm going to give
1: you my worst from over the weekend. Okay. And then an hour or two, I'll give my best and you give your worst. Okay. So, my worst from over the weekend um, the ongoing situation with Bob Huggins in West Virginia. This is a disaster. And it is a, it's a, I saw somebody say this on Twitter. I don't remember who it was. It's a very sad John ending. John Rothstein. Oh, is that who that was it was? Him. Okay. Yep. Okay a very sad ending for a Hall of Fame career for Bob Huggins. And if you didn't see what happened, um, if you remember a couple of weeks ago, Huggins announced uh, Bob Huggins announced his resignation following a DUI arrest. Um, and the details on that were just kind of baffling. Um, that is obviously followed by what happened with his radio appearance a few months before that. Um, and so he announced his resignation. But then over the weekend... His attorney announced that Huggins never Huggins claimed that he never formally resigned and said that Huggins is going to sue West Virginia if he's not reinstated. What in the world is going on? It's just a disaster, man. It's an absolute disaster because after the radio appearance, we had the conversation um I said he wasn't going to get fired, and he didn't. And then a couple of months later, he gets arrested for a DUI. And at that point, West Virginia basically was like, bro, come on now. And he he released the statement where everybody thought he was resigning, but apparently he never formally resigned, and him and his attorney are threatening to sue West Virginia University if they don't reinstate him. Like, yeah, what a and, and disaster.
2: They're, and they're not going to... They can't back that up now. Also, like... What is that West Virginia team going to look like? Because, like... Everybody's gone! Everybody pulled the... Like, hit the eject button and got the heck up out of there. They did the same thing at, at LSU when all that went down. Everybody said, well, this see was, ya! This is different because O got fired... Well, I, well actually, I'm sorry not not oh um Will Wade got fired not like at the end of the summer Bob Huggins like this just feels like it happened so late mm-hmm. happened after all these portal windows were over at least granted LSU didn't exactly have a lot of momentum to go sign this great team but there was at least a window where it was like yeah, we can slap a roster together. Can West Virginia do that? I don't know.
1: And they also have already announced Bob Huggins' replacement. And so it's going to get ugly in Morgantown. And again, just a just a, a bad way for a Hall of Famer to go out for Bob Huggins. That's the worst thing I saw in sports over the weekend. We'll talk about this later on in hour two, but we're talking SEC media days and who will be representing Auburn and Nashville when we come back.
0: Jacob Goins and Carter Byrd on ESPN 106.7 Auburn Opelika's sports leader.
1: Halfway through hour number one here on the Monday edition of On the Line, the show that tells you like it is and holds nothing back. Well, earlier today, the SEC announced the uh, participants who will be heading up to Nashville next week for SEC Media Days 2023. We knew the coaches uh, obviously were going to be there. We also knew uh, the days of each coach and each uh, when the teams would be there. Uh, in Nashville for SEC Media Days. But this morning, the SEC announced who will be uh, the players that each team will bring. Typically, they bring three. Sometimes they bring two, but typically it is three. Uh, and so want to go over the list of who all is going to be there, uh, who all is going to be representing each SEC squad, including Auburn, and we'll start right there. And we talked about this last week. We were trying to predict who Auburn would bring, uh, who Auburn should bring, and... We were on the right track of talking about bringing guys that were seniors or really high-level juniors uh, that represented the university well. Not that somebody wouldn't, but you know what I mean. Just bringing guys that are going to make you look good, that are going to sound good, that can handle a bunch of media presence because obviously that's what SEC Media Days is. And we were sort of on the right track. And Auburn will be bringing uh, Luke Deal, Cameron Stutz and Elijah McAllister, uh, all three are think,
2: seniors. I don't think I thought that it was going to be two defensive players and one offensive player, or two offensive players and one player. Right, we were thinking player. the opposite. We were thinking two defensive and an offensive, yeah. It made sense to go Elijah McAllister, Jason Jones, lock him in. McAllister was about as locked in as I thought he could be, and it turns out I was right on that one, but... Shocked Jason Jones isn't on that Mm -hmm. list. Yeah, we had Luke Deal. We talked about him. We were looking for an offensive guy, and we talked about Luke Deal. Because you basically have three options on the offense. Avery Jones, uh, Javarius Johnson, or Luke Deal. Mm -hmm. Those are basically the only three options you had. I thought Avery Jones was a stronger option. And it turns out, maybe we just have our... Mental image of the guard position at Auburn just backwards. Like Cam Stutz being the third going to SEC media days is a shocker. Yeah, it's interesting. It is. It's interesting. To me, that implies that he's starting. Like on the offensive line, if you're seeing an offensive lineman, he's a starter. You would think. Yeah, you would definitely That's think. surprising to me because – Everybody, everybody out there had Jeremiah Wright penciled in at left guard. At right guard, it was a battle of Tate Johnson, Connor Liu, Cam Stutz, and Jaden Muskrat. And I think if you had asked most people, they would have told you Stutz was probably running fourth in that battle. And here he is going to SEC Media Days, which to me implies he's starting. He implies either he's starting or
1: is, which, is going to be really, really close to being a starter. Which
2: makes me wonder, is the picture as clear at the other guard spot as we thought it is? May not be. Like, is Cam Stutz locked in and then you get, all of a sudden you got all these bodies lined up at the other guard spot? Maybe Jeremiah Wright's not as locked in as we thought.
1: Which would be kind of surprising, I think, if that were to be the the case. He's the best offensive
2: lineman on the field last year. You better believe it. You better believe he was. that mean streak, that nastiness that you love to see. I'd be very surprised if he didn't start game one.
1: I'm okay with Cam Studs going, though, because you look at the list and it is... What we sort of thought it would be. You bring two Auburn veterans, right? You bring two guys in Luke Deal and Cam Stutz that have been at Auburn. And then you bring Elijah McAllister, who is your your superstar transfer from Vanderbilt, right? You bring a guy that is a senior that's going to be your starter, uh, that's going to handle the media well. And no, he hasn't been at Auburn, but he is a newcomer, but he's still a senior that's played SEC level football. So, it makes sense for me for Elijah McAllister to go, and, and you called that last week. Luke Deal, I like it. It's a tight end in a room that I think is going to be much improved.
2: She told me last year Cam Stutz. How many games do you think Cam Stutz started last year? Mm. For a guy that, like, mentally in my mind, has been in, like, a playing rotation at guard. He probably didn't start really, many. Has never really cracked... A starting rotation. He
1: gets good playing time, but he probably doesn't start a whole yeah, lot. Yeah,
2: I mean in twenty twenty one and twenty nineteen he played in twenty three games, but last year you think he played in every game. But how many games did he start? Hmm.
1: It's gonna be a number that I'm not expecting. What Shoot eight.
2: eight. He started eight games last year. Wow. Okay. That's I not where I was not, going. Would not he was the starter at left guard for the LSU and Georgia games. He's a starter at right guard for Ole Miss, Arkansas, Mississippi State, Texas AM, Western Kentucky, Alabama. Huh. Okay. I don't think I would have realized that. Well, I
1: think too, you gotta remember that offensive line rotated and moved around
2: so much it from happened, week to was, week. It was we have zero idea which five give us a chance to win, and so it's the, you know, the the thing on the the three card monty where you're you're rotating the the <laughs> cards all the time. That's almost what it felt like with with the Auburn offensive. Line.
1: It was either that or let's throw all their names in a hat and let's just pick them out. And or, for center you and for right guard you
2: (laughs) or when you go to a game in or a game in neville arena and they've got the the (laughs) The cookie shuffle blue moon not 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 blue moon full moon full moon cookie shuffle full moon cookie shuffle it feels like that
1: it did it felt like that last year and i think that's why maybe there is some um some confusion when it comes to who started last year
2: and camp Stutz is that one that where you lose track of 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 where the prize went and here he is here he is days.
1: so he will be at media days you get all three of them are seniors again two of them are auburn vets one of them is the transfer elijah McAllister from vanderbilt uh when you look around the other big names that will be in nashville for scc media days obviously the quarterbacks are always the ones that that generate the buzz they always get the most attention always the most cameras on them right they always are the ones that everybody wants to talk to uh you look at who arkansas is bringing that includes kj jefferson and raheem sanders two really big names for the razorbacks uh so A those top two three quarterback and maybe the best running back in this conference right so they bring two really big names how uh, we talked about auburn uh you le- you keep looking down the list Georgia bringing Brock Bowers off the tight end. Shocker. <laughs> yeah, Just shocker. Oh, I know. Biology. I know everybody is really shocked that Brock Bowers is probably the best tight end.
2: All right. Next time we talk to Jordan Hill, we have to bring this up. He's on this Wednesday because I see the pictures that the Georgia Beat posts when their guys talk to the media, and they're going to be in suits in Nashville. But they make those players wear the most oversized polos to their media availability every week that Brock Bowers looks tiny when he talks to the media, and he's just not. He's just not small.
1: <laughs> no, he's not, and he will see it when he wears a suit in Nashville. So he'll be coming uh,
2: with Georgia. Kamari Laster, former uh, Auburn target. Mm-hmm.
1: I don't know
3: if he was ever
2: an Auburn commit. and I think he was a heavy Auburn lean at one point uh
1: jaden daniels for lsu the quarterback uh probably i mean no doubt a top
2: three quarterback in this conference i'm a little surprised that that um you didn't see an offensive lineman on that list for them yeah but that lsu team the more the more i look at that team they're gonna be daggum talented Way, way more than I think people realize coming Mm -hmm. into this next season.
1: And LSU leads off on Monday after Greg Sankey. uh, Brian Kelly and company will be leading off SEC media days. Why are
2: we sticking the defending SEC champ first? I feel like that's...
1: I think they went first last year. That's happened
2: for Georgia and Alabama?
1: I think LSU went first last year. I could be wrong on that, but I think they went first last year, and Brian Kelly did. I'm pretty sure.
2: Uh, I could be wrong, it's, but it's interesting that Josh Williams is going at the running back position. He's a senior. I get it, and you're probably not going to take John Emery considering all of the his status is somewhat in question and the everything there. But I don't think I realized how bizarre that LSU running off rushing offense was last year. If I told you that who do you think of of these names? Josh Williams, Noah Kane, John Emery, former Auburn Commit, Armani Goodwin, and Jaden Daniels. Jaden Daniels led that team in rushing by 350 yards. Jeez. I don't think I realized that. Josh Williams was second with 532. It's not like it's not like he's this no. thousand yard rusher guy going to hmm. SC media days. Noah Kane had 400 yards, John Emery 375, Armani Goodwin 267. They've got a bunch of dudes. Nobody's done anything all that impressive. John Emery has some flashes in his mm-hmm. pass. It's just, can he get on the field and stay on the field? They just didn't have to
1: run the football a whole lot last year because of what that offense was with Jaden Daniels. And they just said, here, you're reliable at throwing the football. Let's just let you do your
2: thing. And that's mm-hmm. exactly what they did. And when the pocket 60. collapses, just take off. Jaden Daniels is a sixty-eight point six percent completion percentage guy last year. My word, that's unbelievable. Yeah, he he's flirting with seventy percent
1: completion percentage in the SEC. Shoot, unbelievable, man. So he will be in media, or he will be in Nashville representing LSU at the quarterback spot. Uh, Quinshon
2: Judkins for Ole Miss will be there. Are we shocked that your boy Brady Cook with Missouri's not going. Am I That's shocked? Tough. It's tough. That's tough for yeah. you and your number nine quarterback no, in the SEC. Number
1: 10. Thank okay. you. Number 10. He is, yeah. I mean, I guess. I don't know. I'm not worried about it. <laughs> yeah. I'm not worried about it. It is what it is. Um, let's see. I'm looking at uh, Spencer Rattler will be there for South Carolina, the quarterback, obviously. Uh, he will be there. Joe Milton will be there, quarterback for Tennessee. Um, you have. I'm trying to look and see uh, the. I mean Vanderbilt's quarterback's not going to be there either, but he's only a sophomore.
2: Yeah, but, but like Brady Cook's been a more entrenched starter for a long, a little bit longer amount mm-hmm. of time.
1: Yeah. So some big names on this list. Um, some some really big names Kentucky, that are on this Kentucky list. Kentucky
2: with the best name on the list, Octavius Oxendine. How about that? That's just top tier name.
1: Alabama bringing uh, J.C. Latham from the offensive line, Kool-Aid McKinstry, defensive back, and Dallas Turner, the linebacker. Um, so some big names for Alabama. Nick Saban.
2: Shout out South Carolina to bring in a punter. Heck yeah! Did they really? I didn't see that. Heck yeah!
1: Oh yeah, good for we them. We love
2: to see that. Hey,
1: we tried to we tried to make Oscar Chapman get an invite to SEC Media yeah, Days. Yeah, when we
2: thought there were no, there's nobody to send on the offensive side of the ball. <laughs> and Hugh free apparently, said, "Take apparently that." Apparently, Cam Stutz is, is <laughs> on, the li- on the list of people to, to send. Yeah. Well, hey, good look. Good for Cam studs. Judkins at Ole Miss is going is one of mm-hmm. the only sophomores on on these lists. I think he might be the only sophomore. But Lane Kiffin's not—he's not afraid to do that. He sent uh, Corral as a redshirt freshman, I want to say, yeah, like or maybe a sophomore. But he sent Corral when he was really young.
1: Alabama taking all three juniors to SEC media dates. which juniors—I mean, that's fine. It's fine. <laughs> it's Especially fine. at
2: Alabama when it's going to be like, okay, these are our draft guys. Mm-hmm. These are all going to be potential first-round draft picks.
1: But, of course, Alabama not bringing a quarterback because they are at a quarterback battle, same way that a lot of SEC teams are.
2: Am I crazy that I feel like their quarterback battle might be, like, the worst? As like it feels like Auburn, I think Peyton Thorne has come in it really impressed and is going to take over the job. Um Ole Miss, you bring in a couple guys. Jackson Dart apparently elevates his level of play and wins the job. Everywhere else that's gone into a quarterback battle, it feels like there's been a competition that has made the room or the winner better. Alabama, it's like, I guess we're going with this guy?
1: Like, sure. Do you think the reason for that is just because of the high level of quarterback play that I Alabama's had? I think had? that has
2: something to do with it. I and think you, it absolutely does And has. no
1: matter who wins the job, you're taking a step back in talent at the quarterback spot? Yeah, well, yeah, 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 for sure. But the fact
2: that there was no moment this spring where it was like, oh, these two guys who were battling it out before Buckner got there, they're really showing, taking some strides, showing some promise. Then they go get Buckner, and the rumblings are that Buckner's not going to be the guy to me right now. It sounds to me like it might be Milro. That seems to be where a lot of your prediction magazines are kind of settling as well. Which is so crazy because when you go and get an experienced
1: Power Five, level quarterback in the transfer portal, the expectation is for him to start. Yes. Doesn't always happen, right? Auburn's been burned by that before, but it happens. And we talked about it. We weren't excited about Buckner going to Alabama. We weren't excited about it at all. And we weren't worried about
2: it. It's like, okay, good good for you. It just feels like that Alabama quarterback battle is like when you get a boat that's got a broken rudder or something, and it's just going in a circle, and it can't stop going in a circle, and it's just like no progress is being made, you're spinning your wheels, nothing's happening. Whereas everywhere else, you either have an entrenched returning starter, or you had some sort of battle that, at surface level, it feels like those teams upgraded or elevated or just got better. I don't feel that way about Alabama by everything we, we we've heard. There hasn't been that, there hasn't been that report of, oh, the light bulb came on and Jalen Milrow, Tyler Buckner, Ty Simpson. They figured it out, and you wait. That like the drop off at Alabama's quarterback's not going to be as bad as what people think. We haven't heard anything remotely close to that.
1: And that's why they are not bringing a quarterback to SEC media days. They are bringing an offensive lineman, a defensive back, and a linebacker. Again, Auburn bringing tight end Luke Deal, linebacker Elijah McAllister, and offensive lineman Cameron Stutz. We'll talk some more about that coming up in hour number two. When we come back, we'll wrap up the first hour, talk a little bit of MLB draft. We had a guy go from Auburn in the draft today. We'll talk about that as we wrap up hour number one on the other side.
0: On the Line on ESPN 1067, online at ESPNAU.com or on the ESPN 1067 app.
1: Wrapping up the first hour here on the Monday edition of On the Line. I'm Jacob Goins. He is Carter Bird. MLB draft underway. Uh, It started last night, and uh, it is underway again today. And Auburn had a guy go in the draft. Cole Foster heading to the opposite side of the country to play in San Francisco.
2: Yeah, and Auburn also had, I believe, their top two commits uh, went, I think, one of them went maybe 31. The other one went maybe 22. I'm going to pull up uh, Lindsey Crosby's Twitter because he he knows way more than I do. And he
1: he put out uh, his content was fantastic on, oh, yeah. uh, on the MLB draft. He was live on his YouTube on the Lockdown MLB Prospects covering all of the different rounds, all the different picks, all the different teams. Uh, he, he did a fantastic job.
2: Colt Emerson went 22nd to the Seattle Mariners. And Kevin McGonigal went 37th to the Detroit Tigers. And talking with Lindsey, it seemed
1: like the the worry for Auburn was that was going to be the case that if they they were going to be
2: high, they both were going to be gone. Right?
1: They not only were they going to get drafted, but they were going to go. And look, we've had this conversation where. If you get drafted at that young age, it is very, very hard to turn it down. Um, I think in college baseball, college athletics for sure, but definitely in college baseball, depending on where you're going to school, college may even be the better option for you to develop, and you can still earn a good amount of NIL money. Auburn's still working to get there when it comes to NIL money for baseball. Um, But there are definitely programs around the country where you can go to college and make pretty darn good money before you go and, and put yourself into professional baseball. These two guys, I think they made the right decision. You went high enough to where you're going to get some good money, and hopefully you don't have to play single-A, double-A, triple-A ball super, super long. Um, but I think the, the option to go to college before going to play pro baseball, that option is growing in popularity as the years go on, I think.
2: Yeah, yeah, I, th- I think that we're, we're going to continue to see a shift in. Um, it really felt like we started to see a shift when Vanderbilt started putting out just tons of first round pitchers uh, with fair amount of uh, first round position players. We saw more and more guys. I mean, we, we've seen kids pass up top 10 picks to go to Vanderbilt to play. Um, Yeah, I mean, it's Dylan Cruz, Paul Skeens, all those guys. We're going to see more and more college baseball players. Well, Auburn lost out
1: on two recruits, but they also got to see Cole Foster, hear his name called for the MLB draft. Hour number one in the book. Stay tuned. We'll talk some more Auburn football coming up at hour number two.
0: An Auburn Network production. You are on the line, live on ESPN 106.7.
1: You're on the line here on ESPN 106.7, Auburn upalika Sports Leader. Happy Monday. Hope you're doing well as we get underway in hour number two. If you missed any of the first hour, be sure to go and catch up with the podcast. You can find it one of two ways. You know how to do this. Type in ESPNAU.com and click on the podcast center. You'll find it on our website or just search on the line wherever you get your podcast. Carter and I, we talked about Auburn football landing another commitment over the weekend. Uh, also one of the commits already picking up his fourth star uh, we also talked about the full list of participants who will be in nashville next week for scc media days uh, including the three players that auburn brought uh, we'll talk some more about all of that here in our number two plus jacob hillman of the auburn sports network will join us coming up at 3:30 to talk about those things as well so it should be a lot of fun in our number two. A uh, reminder, we are 54 days away from kickoff of Auburn football. And with SEC Media Days being next week, uh, that is the unofficial kickoff of football. We will be there, ESPN 106.7 in Nashville next week. Uh, I will be representing our show and Dan Peck will be there for the drive. So we will give you more details on that. Excited to be on Radio Row once again. But let's start in hour number two by getting to the phone lines, 334 321 Thirteen ninety And Shane, you're first up, man. What's up?
3: Hey, guys. How are y'all today? Doing good, Shane. How are you? Um, I'm well. Can, you, can y'all you do me a favor? What were y'all talking about right before break?
1: Uh, we were talking about the MLB draft and how Cole Foster got drafted and two of Auburn's biggest commits uh, also got drafted.
3: Sorry. <laughs> Whenever I call, it seems to be right before break. And, <laughs> and I lose my train of thought like every single time. Oh,
1: it's all good. But it's um, all good. What you got?
3: I had a question about the you know the, the draft in general. Um, so so the, the major league baseball they can draft high school um, yes. players. Yep, they can. There's no age limit on on that.
2: Uh, no, there's not. If you go to if you go to a four year school, you've got to be 21. Then that is the the rule though. You you got to be 21 or have played three years.
3: What's the what's the, uh, the the upside of a of a team drafting a, a a kid? You know, like he yeah, he might be he might be you know good, but he 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 doesn't. I mean, that that, that college college years, even if it's like a one or two, he hones in on that craft. Are they just trying to say that they can probably do that? Do what is the minor league that?
1: yeah kind of I mean you draft yeah you draft an 18 year old you put them through your farm system right they're going to go through your your minor league organizations Um, you get familiar with them and and maybe you believe that they'll develop better in in minor league ball rather than college and and yeah like Carter said you you kind of lock them up rather than they go to college where then they can re-enter and be redrafted right so I think that that is a reason for these organizations to go after them and maybe they just see something in that 18 year old kit
3: so we had two drafted that were committed so what what does that do for for, for auburn now um so what? they, did, did, they accept, did they accept it and then so they're going to the to the major leagues or, or is it is it pending like how does that work for uh, for high school
2: they so they can make a d- decision on whether to go or not i would say that both of them will go i mean the same is true technically for cole foster who was just taken with the eighty-fifth pick today? He could theoretically decide to come back to college for his senior year and and report back to campus. I think all three of those guys are gonna are gonna go the pro route. Uh, but it's the baseball draft is different than any other draft because yeah. just because yeah. you're drafted doesn't mean you're locked in. And that's why it's you, you get you get teams playing around with slot value, which is the the, the money that is allotted to that draft spot. Uh, and some guys get pay underpaid, some get paid way more, and it's teams try to try to negotiate their way around their their, their pool of money that they have for draft picks. And sometimes when you offer too little you may have a first-round pick decide. Hey, I'm going to go to college, but uh, so, Cole, I would say Cole Foster is going to go because if he comes back, he eliminates all like all negotiation factor next yeah, yeah. year right. after his senior year.
3: So, so number one, like, how long do do these players have to make that decision? Um, that's a good.
4: That's a good there, question. Yeah,
3: is there a, is there a time like, or is it just like up until, uh, you know, opening day.
1: No, there's... I don't know it exactly off the top of my head, Shane, I'll be honest with you, but there is a window where you're drafted where... uh, Take an 18-year-old high school kid who just graduated, right? There's a window of when he has to make that decision. Um, I I don't know the exact time, though. It's a really good question. Uh, But there is a window where they have to make that decision.
3: Because, Because, you know... If Auburn was counting on these two two guys, probably, they probably knew Cole was probably headed out because of you know uh, he did well this year and you know he's he's upperclassman. So he, the chances are this guy's probably gone, and that's good for him if he does. But the younger guys, if they're counting on these guys, so what does that do for us recruiting wise? And and are we just like hanging on, you know, waiting for these guys to make their decisions before we fill these spots?
2: I think I think Auburn has is. Auburn has put contingencies in place knowing that Cole Foster and the two high school players were both going to get drafted and probably Auburn had a less than 50% chance of bringing any of those three back. Um, So Auburn definitely planned for this. But it it is an unfortunate circumstance of the Major League Baseball draft because... It's hard to know what your roster one hundred percent is going to look like because guy could get drafted really high and go pro, but you you Auburn has continued to add via the portal. Uh, but I mean, I think back to John Pulowski had a class at one point in time where he had the tenth and eleventh picks on the draft, and then I think he had a third round pick that went as well, and his his signing class just. Got stripped bare by the, cool. the the MLB draft.
3: So what? So specifically for Auburn, what what does it do for us? I mean, I don't. I don't. I wasn't even aware of where we are. You know how we were doing before this, but now it seems like um, it's going to put a dent. In our recruitment well, class? It,
1: it seems like for Auburn and Butch Thompson, uh, they went. You know, like Carter mentioned, they went and got a couple people in the portal, which were kind of backup options, right? In, in, in the the ongoing feeling was that both of these guys were going to get drafted. The two high schoolers, they were going to get drafted. And if if one of them came back and or came to Auburn instead of going to the MLB, then it would almost be a, a bonus, uh-huh. right? Where they went in the portal and that's what makes Butch Thompson so good and that's what makes a successful college baseball coach is this happens every year, right? If you go and get the best guys in high school ball, you know there's a potential they could get drafted and never even step foot on your campus. So I think the transfer portal really, really helps that and I think Auburn has done that. They've picked up a couple of guys um, from from the portal and so I think they have planned on it and are going to be okay. Uh,
3: and, and so like, Nationally, how 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 did Auburn or is is Auburn doing uh, for this next class? Or do you, is it just kind of is it still still going on? I'm not even sure when the window closes for recruiting in baseball. For some reason, I don't
2: know. Uh, as far as the window closing, I don't. I have not been able to find that. I've been looking everywhere for it.
3: Well, no, lot. I meant like. I, mean, I just just in general, recruiting wise, uh, nationally. I think how Auburn is is
1: top ten. I, if I I'm pretty sure they're a top ten awesome. class. Awesome. Okay. Awesome
3: guys. Uh, well, uh, what, what, what were some other things you guys were talking about?
1: Uh, we well in the first hour we went over. Um, Let's see, we went over the new football commit. We went over the three guys for Auburn going to SEC Media Days next week. Went over some of the biggest names. Uh, that'll be in Nashville for the next week as well.
3: Hi, right, guys. Hey, uh, uh, next week is Media Day, so y- y'all both are
1: going? Uh, I will be going for our show, and then I'll Dan. will be here in the studio. Yeah, Carter will be here in the studio, <laughs> and then uh, Dan will be there for the drive, and Bill will be here in yeah. studio. Awesome. All right,
3: guys. We well, y'all enjoy your... Uh, you two Enjoy your time out there. And, um, <laughs> out there.
1: Appreciate, Appreciate it, saying Good to hear from you. Three three four three two one thirteen ninety. Let's get to another phone call. It's Terry. You're on the line, man. Happy Monday. What's
4: going on? Happy Monday, guys. How's it going?
2: It's going all right, Terry. How, how Listen, I think going
4: you going? guys are pretty. I think you guys are missing something about this quarterback situation in Alabama. Now, no, i know I I look. Look, if they lose every game. I'd be happy, but Jalen Millos is going to be the starter. Yeah. That's 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 set in stone because he's going to win the locker room. And remember, remember what I pointed out to you guys several weeks ago. Tommy reached out so much of this guy before he came to Alabama that he went out and got the guy from Wake Forest to come Notre Dame.
1: Right. Yeah. Yeah. You did point that out,
4: and it's so, it can't be overlooked. Now, if he doesn't win the starting job at Alabama, which I don't think he's going to, uh, what does that say about him again? Yeah. Yeah. yeah.
2: And I what's mean, it? It would be great. But I I will say Sam Hartman is is. He's special. Really good, and his numbers yeah. bear that out. And I think, I think his mind was set on Notre Dame before he ever hit the portal.
4: Yeah, I agree. I don't disagree with that, Carter at all. I think his mind was set on Notre Dame and and set somewhere else all along.
1: And, and what does Terry? What does that say about Alabama and their quarterback situation and the the lack of? Um, uh, assertion maybe is the word I'm looking for when it came to them going and finding a quarterback in the portal because not saying that they settled on him, but it kind of feels like they did.
4: Yeah, that's kind of felt that way. You're right. Um, they want to get back to smash mouth football, running the ball, playing great deals. Uh, that's fine. I think they have it's, to. It's, it's not 1993 anymore either.
2: Yeah, I, like, I think they have to play that way this year because they don't have a difference maker out wide. At, at receiver, they don't yeah, have right. a difference maker at quarterback right now. They have what should be a pretty good defense, what should be a pretty good offensive line, and a staple of four, five, four and five star running backs, and and a very mobile quarterback in Jalen Milro And I think that they're going to use all of that.
4: Yeah, they may that they may back there sort of the corner a little bit now, you know. Alabama fans tend to get a little testy when you talk about their run being over, and I don't think it's over. But you let Georgia go out and win three in a row, then you can say it's over because that's something nobody's ever done, including the almighty University of Alabama.
1: Right, and, and to to one thing, Carter said they don't have that guy out wide. I'll say they don't have one yet. I am very confident in Alabama to find a difference maker at the wide receiver
2: position. But like we well, we've I'll, known we, we've known that who the guy is always going to be. There's been enough buzz last year. Jermaine Burton was okay. There was nobody special. But on the flip side, let's—if
1: we expect them to find that difference maker at wide receiver, don't you have to have a good enough quarterback to
2: make him a difference maker? I think that that's probably fair as well. But there was no excuse for nobody to step up last year.
4: And yeah, there is absolutely a be on the shout out. No Cooper, no Judy, no Smith down there right now.
2: Right. No
4: Julio. So, yeah, no, the, no, no, the, yeah, the grandfather
2: either. of them all, on that <laughs> list there.
4: But again, then again, there's no McCarran or Jones or two either. Exactly. That so, is
2: so generous. What you the fact you just put AJ McCarron on that list right there? Oh my goodness, Terry, and left Jalen Hurts off the list.
4: <laughs> well, McCarron was a pretty good college quarterback. I let's yeah, be honest.
2: He was. I mean, he was a pretty good quarter quarterback, but he didn't. He didn't sniff. Jalen or Tua or Mac Jones or Bryce Young. I'll be honest. Yeah, no, guys.
4: Jalen Jalen won the national championship losing to Auburn. Yeah. So I, I just never. I can't get over that. I just. I guess. I guess I'm showing my age. But you, you, if you told the old coaches you could win the national title without winning your state or your division or conference, they would have told you you're right out of your mind.
1: And that's how it was back in the day. But college it's it it has changed.
2: I mean, would would would. 2013, would 2013 Alabama have gotten in the playoff uh, if it were a fourteen playoff at that point
4: in time? Oh, probably. They would have found so a way. McCarron yep,
2: would,
1: have had, he he would, have, would have, had have had a
4: chance. He would have had a chance. Yep. Instead, Georgia is probably going to be that team to get three in a row. Maybe. <laughs> They're
1: going to have to earn it. Yep, appreciate it, Terry. Good to hear from you, man. Good to hear
4: from
2: you, man. 3 3 13-90. Three, one, um, is the at the end of that call, was that was that Terry warming on on Georgia a bit? Ooh. Because maybe. That's this is the same Terry that says that he feels more confident about Auburn beating Georgia this year than than Alabama.
1: Hmm. How the tides have turned.
2: <laughs> it just feels like it feels like he's warming up a little bit. Maybe maybe
1: maybe Terry has finally decided that Georgia is okay. <laughs> like there Kirby Smart has actually done something decent over there. Well, it's you know what it is. It's the fact that Stetson Bennett's no longer there. That's why we're warming up to Georgia if you're
2: Terry. I'm I'm so interested to see what Carson Beck is. Cuz like is he going to be better than Stetson last year? Probably not. Is he going to be better than Stetson year one? Probably? I don't know. He said with a question mark. I don't know. We're going to
1: find out. In Georgia, one of those teams, when it comes to SEC media days, they're not bringing a quarterback because they have a quarterback battle. They are bringing Brock Bowers, who is one of the most talented guys in the league, but they're not bringing a quarterback because of the quarterback battle. Shane, Terry, we appreciate both of you calling in, holding on through the break, and letting us start our number two with you. When we come back, we'll finish off question of the day, talking best and worst things from sports over the weekend. And then Jacob Hillman will join us of the Auburn Sports Network. We'll talk Auburn's new commit for football. We'll talk about the players going to SEC media days and a whole lot more. All that coming up here on the Monday edition of On the Line. Question of the day here on the Monday edition of On the Line, 334 321 Ninety phone number to get you through to us. We talked about this a little bit in the first hour. We do this every Monday. Uh, best and worst things we saw in sports from over the weekend. We're going to talk some more Auburn stuff coming up in just a few minutes when Jacob Hillman of the Auburn Sports Network joins us on the phones at 3.30. Uh, Carter, you gave me your best thing in sports over the weekend. I gave you my worst So let's flip-flop. Let's give. You go best because my worst is not fun. Your worst just keeps getting worse. It just continues to get even worse, like literally. It just goes. The snowball has been rolling down the hill,
2: and it's picking up branches and sticks and rocks. (laughs) It's starting to spread across programs in the the – School.
1: Yeah, it's, it's really bad. Um, so before you depress everybody talking about the worst thing you saw with sports this weekend, uh, I actually have two best things that I saw. The first one was from the UFC 290 this weekend, the UFC event going on in Las Vegas. My guy, Bo Nickel, did it again. The former Penn State wrestler, he is in the UFC. He is 5-0 now in MMA fights, 2-0 in the UFC, and he handled business in the first fight of the pay-per-view event on Saturday night in a whopping 38 seconds. He handled business once again. He was scheduled to fight somebody. They had to drop out. uh, And then he was slotted to take on Val Woodburn, who accepted the fight with basically a week's notice. So give him a little credit. But. When you get beat in 38 seconds, that's not a lack of preparation. That's just getting it handed to you. And Bo Nickel is him. He is really, really good. I expect him to just continue to to dominate. Uh, he was, I believe, he was the biggest favorite in the history of a UFC fight. Bo Nickel was. So there
2: you go. He was supposed to do that, and he did. He knocked him out in 38 seconds. So what I'm hearing is Dana White is giving him a cakewalk path. ...to a championship fight where your boy's going to get smashed (laughs) by by his first real competitor.
1: Seems like that may be the path we're on. (laughs) Hopefully not, but uh, that was one of the best things I saw. The other one um, was Sir Jabari Smith from Auburn, who... Sir Jabari Smith. Right, so Jabari Smith who is playing, he was going into his second year of NBA basketball. He's playing in the Summer League once again. We know the big names that are playing in it this year with Wimben Yama, who just got shut down today, by the way, played a whopping two games in Summer League, and the
2: Spurs said, yeah, we're good, you're done. Maybe, maybe the Hornets should shut down Brandon Miller because my man can't shoot. He can foul, though. Boy can not <laughs> he had a game he, where he had eight fouls.
1: Because you can do that in summer league. Summer league,
2: you get ten. Don't ask me why. It's stupid. But Brandon get Miller 10. said,
1: "I don't believe that." Let's test it out, and he got he got
2: pretty close. Did he Brandon Miller? He had fouls in his first two summer league games. That's so bad. Which theoretically, with like the concept of basketball we've all come to know and love. Shouldn't be possible. No, it shouldn't. Well, while he is too busy fouling,
1: Jabari Smith has been too busy just absolutely balling out. He had 38 points last night. I know it's summer league. I don't care. He had 38 points last night. In two games of summer league ball, Jabari Smith is averaging 35 and a half points. He is averaging uh, just under 50% shooting from the floor, uh, 33% from three. His free throw percentage, 85%. He's averaging seven rebounds in those two games, four assists, just two and a half turnovers, and a block per game and half a steal. Jabari Smith has taken that. It seems like against this NBA Summer League talent, he has taken that next step. Now, will this transfer to regular NBA basketball? I don't know but Jabari Smith has been the best player in Las Vegas when it comes to NBA Summer League and Auburn fans, and the NBA should take notice.
2: Yeah, Jabari's been unbelievable, and we kind of started to feel that he was going to have a huge year two jump, and right now, you got to feel pretty good about it. You got to feel pretty good about it, and I'm excited to see what he does in year two. Now for the worst thing, Maybe, like, literally happening in sports. Um,
1: Yeah, this is all you, brother.
2: Northwestern athletics is burning down. Uh, The football situation has continually gotten worse as more and more stories have come out. Day by day. And you've got two sides of it now where people are saying that this is all an elaborate plan to try to get Fitz fired by upset former players the accounts are certainly terrible or like horrifying to to read um and it's become a situation with northwestern football where no matter what happens this is a really horrible s- situation one way or the other there, there there is no like there's no there doesn't feel like a side right now that's better option no just there's because like it's either really really sinister plot or horrifying things going on in a program that should not have been happening
1: right the, the 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 allegations and the reports and the stories that are being told you're exactly right there just doesn't seem to be a good way out it's go down crappy path a or go down crappy path b and whichever one is the truth whether all of this stuff that people are claiming has happened to them and people they know if all of that stuff happened then it's just it's terrible and it's sickening and it's disgusting but if all of this has just been made up and it could be a combination of the of the two but then if it's just been made up it's like how do you yeah. how do you do that
2: and we've we've got the r- report coming out of a Chicago uh, radio station 670 the score saying that the baseball program has its own thing going on right now uh, where I believe the quote was toxic environment in the program and has broken the spirit of the team that's an allegation made against the head coach uh, there's also some Uh, allegations of inappropriate comments made to female staffers. Um, Yeah, it's really bad. It's really, really bad. Uh, And then the coach having quotes out there being like, well, yeah, the players aren't good enough, and they're just making excuses, which... Yeah, that that looks great. I mean, even if you're right, you look like a total, total jerk for saying that. And keep in mind, you're the one that brings the players into Mm. the program. It just seems like in situations
1: like this, when one thing goes down, a lot more things end up coming out from it. Chris Collins
2: and Boo Boo are the only saving grace Northwestern has right now.
1: Yeah, you better believe it. And Northwestern's got to figure it out. It's getting nasty up in Chicago. But when we come back, Jacob Hillman of the Auburn Sports Network joins us to talk all things Auburn Athletics.
0: goins and carter bird on espn 1067 auburn opelika's sports leader
1: 30 more minutes here on the monday edition of on the line the show that tells you like it is and holds not the back he's carter bird i'm jacob goins and we're joined by jacob hillman of the auburn sports network on the phone lines jacob it's good to talk to you man it's been a few weeks hope you're doing well how's the golf swing looking
5: yeah it's good to be back i appreciate you guys having me on as usual and Golf swing, it, it, you know, it's kind of funny. It went downhill, and I think it's back. It, it, I went, it went bad. It's not always like. So. I think that, I think I found a few tweaks, and things are getting better.
1: Is it is it back like Texas, or is it just back in general?
5: It's very possible it's back like Texas, but that remains to be seen.
2: My question is: Have we gotten that hole in one that we talked about last time?
5: Uh, no, that has not happened. But have we gotten close? I'm playing nine. Uh, yeah, a few times I've come close, but this weekend I'll be playing 90 holes from Thursday to Sunday. So, holy smokes! Uh, we'll what? Where? We'll we'll, where we'll, and why? Little, I'm going up to Blue Ridge. All right, so I'm playing five rounds through four days. Okay, playing holy on Saturday. smokes, man!
2: Hey, if go 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 weekend, check out Sweeten's Cove some sometime, buddy. You know,
5: I saw you play there a few weeks ago, and uh, yeah, I've had a few buddies go up there. I it's I need awesome. to Make my way up there. It's so much fun.
1: Five rounds in four days. I love golf,
2: but not that much.
5: Yeah, we'll we'll, we'll see how much I love golf after that that fifth round. I if you don't, case. so
2: if you don't have, a, I'm going to make this claim right here. If you don't have a hole in one by the end of this weekend, I think you should give up the game of golf.
5: Uh, I'm not going to go that far, I'll (laughs) give up the idea of making a hole-in-one and just be surprised if it does happen.
1: He's going to (laughs) call us as soon as it happens. He's going to call us and be like, you're never going to believe what happened. Uh, I better be tagged in the video (laughs) when you post it on on (laughs) social media. That will absolutely happen. Well, Hillman, let's talk some Auburn athletics. We've got so much to talk about. Uh, we're going to start with football and work our way through. Uh, we've seen Auburn pick up some commits over the last couple of weeks, including uh, one from uh, over the weekend. And so uh, what, are your, what are your thoughts on all the commits that have happened between the last time we talked to you and uh, in right now uh, for Auburn football?
5: Yeah, it, 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 it's, it's been, you know, recruiting never sleeps. That is certainly the case with football. Uh, there's a couple of weeks where things were quiet, but I, I think we're starting to pick pick up the pace again, and I think the end of July we're going to see more and more uh, more activity and then obviously into the season. But, yeah, over the past couple of weeks, and you have to remind me of some guys possibly because I don't remember exactly who's committed since then, but over the weekend especially, uh, getting Malik blocked in from just down the road, that, that's a big deal, and, uh, obviously, with the connection with Marcus Harris, it, it, it really makes that uh, a must get. And, and obviously, Coach Freeze went out and got him, and, and the entire coaching staff. But it just continues the momentum, especially I think in state. Uh, the in-state uh, momentum is something that uh, something that I feel like Auburn hasn't had maybe over the last couple years, and and I think that don't say. Uh, really gaining that traction again. <laughs> would really, really put Auburn in a great spot in the coming years and and even further down the road.
2: Yeah, so, I mean, Auburn, I I can't recall the last time we talked to you, but I do know that over the past month or so, it's been Kinsley Fauston, Bryce Kane, Joseph Phillips, DJ Barber, and now Malik Blockton. Obviously more are coming. Just how much momentum has this past month started to build heading into what should be a very big... Very fun Big Cat Weekend here at the end of the month.
5: Yeah, I think that I think the next two steps you kind of have are that Big Cat Weekend at the end of the month, and then obviously Opening Weekend where you're back at Jordan Hare Stadium and uh, uh, first game under Coach Free. So you want to keep that going, and I like the flow of it where it's you know you once per month where it just feels like a big, huge weekend, and then obviously when football season starts, it will be rolling even more consistently. But yeah, having these guys committed and, and, and really on board uh, at this point in, in the recruiting cycle is a big deal, especially with Big Cat Weekend coming up, because uh, you want those guys kind of making their pitches. We know, we know guys like Walter, uh, Walker White are doing that already, that they really are bought in and they want to make sure that this next class, the 2024 class, is a special one. It, it's the first full recruiting class, uh, for Coach Freeze and company, and, uh, and having a strong showing there can really, really lead to some stellar classes in the future. I mean, th- you know, this class might not be the highest-rated class, probably won't be the highest-rated class that uh, Hugh Freeze brings into Auburn, but uh, it-, it can really set the tone for 2025 and beyond and, and really help uh, the-, the team uh, really shape out in the future years.
1: Jacob Hillman of the Auburn Sports Network joining us on the phone lines. Hillman, uh, next week in Nashville, it'll be SEC Media Days 2023. It'll be Hugh Freeze's first time uh, with Auburn. Won't be his first Media Days, but it will be his first Mm -hmm. wearing the orange and blue. And the three players that will be joining him were announced today. It's the senior tight end, Luke Deal, the senior linebacker, Elijah McAllister, and the senior offensive lineman, Cameron Stutz. Your thoughts on those three gentlemen who will be representing Auburn in Nashville next week
5: yeah to me I think Elijah McAllister and Luke Deal were two names that you could have expected uh to be there in Nashville Cam Stutz I think uh maybe not a surprise but uh, he, he's your most senior offensive lineman and he he, he had a good year last year uh, kind of rotating a little bit in the starting lineup but starting several games uh this past season uh at left guard and right guard so uh definitely three guys that have been through a lot with this Auburn program, other than McAllister, who is obviously transferring in, but uh, he, he's, he is a veteran, and he's played in the SEC, and he uh, is going to be a leader on that defense. So I, I think it's a very uh, intriguing trio because, like I said, Deal is in that loaded position group of tight ends with several guys that are going to make an impact this year. Cam Stutz is on the offensive line that finally feels like it, it might be uh, put together. Uh, the best it's been in in a long time, and then Elijah McAllister, like I said, just he he's going to be one of those leaders in the front seven because there's because all the guys that left last year, Owen Papo, Derek Hall, especially uh, that leaves some voids, and and I think McAllister can uh, fill those voids nicely. And and you know, talking about Media Days, it's one of those things that you can't look too much into it, but there are definitely uh, important takeaways that you, that you'll have from it. Uh, at the end of next week.
2: When we get to next week and Hugh Freeze and these guys are in front of a microphone, what are you wanting to hear from them heading into this 2023 season?
5: I, I think confidence. I, I think confidence, but also um, maybe not... And confidence comes with, obviously, humility and, and knowing you're coming off a season that you... It's not the season you wanted, especially in Stutz and Deals' case. Uh, McAllister wasn't a part of the team last year, but he knows what went on at Auburn, and he wants to make sure that this team bounces back from last year, makes a ball game, and and goes out and wins a lot of home games, goes on the road and and, and steals a few games. And, you know, knowing that, all right, th- this team like it doesn't have to go twelve and zero for it to be a success. It it, it can go in, win eight nine games, and and people are going to be happy, and uh, and knowing that. Uh, this is a process that this team uh, has the ability to be very successful, but it's going to take, take obviously all the hard work that they've been going through this summer so far and then the upcoming fall camp. I, I, I just think uh, hearing the confidence from these guys and, and really just leadership qualities, like I said, because I, th- I think these three guys are kind of, kind of, kind of key guys uh, in key position groups that uh, we're going to have this upcoming season that are going to matter a lot.
1: Hillman, as we sort of change into the basketball conversation, the NBA Summer League going on right now, and three former Auburn Tigers are playing in the Summer League, uh, Sharif Cooper, Wendell Green, and of course Jabari Smith, who has really, it seems like, taken that next step in Summer League ball. We'll see if it happens when the actual NBA season starts later in October. But what have you seen from those three guys, including Jabari Smith, who had a 38-piece the other night?
5: Yeah, uh, what Javari Smith has done since that first half in the first game of the Summer League season against the Trailblazers has been uh, nothing short of incredible 22 second half or a 29 second half point uh, in that first game, including that buzzer beating three uh, to win the game and then uh, just backing it up with uh, an even better performance. And it, it really shows that I don't think he belongs in Summer League at this point, but you saw the comments that he made uh, leading in to this, uh, to, to these games, how they asked him, "Why are you playing in summer league? You had a solid rookie year, and uh, you're the number three overall pick last season. Why are you here?" And you know, he, he explained. You know, he, he's not perfect. He still had some rough, rough points in his rookie season. That the team wasn't very good. Went 22 and 60, I think. Uh, that he he wants to make sure that this team improves as much as possible, as well as himself. So. I really think that Jabari Smith has the right mindset uh, going into his second year, and he, he certainly is showing that uh, he has the talent. And as far as Sharif Cooper and, and Wendell Jr., Wendell obviously hasn't played as much as Sharif has. They're both on the same team with the Cavaliers. But Sharif has really kind of he turned into a dynamic scorer uh, this past year in the G League uh, with the Cavs G League team. Uh, and scored 27 points in that opening game, but then the scoring went down a little bit, but he was dishing out assists in game two. So it's good to see Sharif really uh, do it all. And, and I think that will hopefully lead to him getting another opportunity in the league and, and hopefully he can take advantage of it.
2: When you look at uh, just Auburn basketball in general going into this next season, we've obviously gotten to see uh, who they're going to play in the ACC-SEC Challenge mm-hmm. with Virginia Tech. We've learned uh, who, who some of their opponents are going to be as well. How are you feeling for this next version of this Bruce Pearl basketball team?
5: This is a really interesting non-conference schedule that uh, is shaping out for Auburn, I think. Uh, You're you're basically playing a premier team from every major conference, uh, other than, I think, the Big East. You've got Baylor from the Big 12, Virginia Tech from the ACC, uh, USC from the Pac-12, and and then uh, you're probably going to play Oklahoma State uh, in, in Brooklyn. So that that trend continuing where teams are wanting to play strong non-conference opponents, uh, uh, they're also neutral sites. I think that's a very interesting thing, like going to play Baylor in South Dakota. That's different, but uh, it's still a strong opponent, especially to open the season. That that might be the premier game on on opening night when we get to November. I think we're 120 days away uh, from that point. So it's going to be really fun and exciting in November and December Uh, for this Auburn basketball team because we're going to be learning so much about them, and they're going to be challenged uh, to the max in those two months even before we get into SEC play.
1: Jacob Hillman of the Auburn Sports Network joins us on Mondays at 3.30 here on On the Line. We'll talk a little baseball real quick before we uh, let you get out of here. Auburn saw Cole Foster get taken in the MLB draft today going to San Francisco.
2: And a couple of the uh, commits went yesterday in Cole Emerson and Kevin McGonigal.
1: What does that mean in your mind for what Auburn baseball has become when it comes to Putting people in the league, even though a couple of them were commits and hadn't technically played for Auburn yet, what's that mean for this program moving forward?
5: Right, I think, and both of those guys were middle infielders, shortstop type recruits, uh, and and it's something that I think it tells you, you know, Cole Foster, he he's the first one off the board for Auburn, and, and he was a shortstop. It, it shows kind of this this trend of shortstops being really good for Auburn. Ryan Bliss just played in the Future Stars game, uh, or he, yeah, uh, this weekend. Uh, up in Seattle, and he's had a stellar season uh, in the Diamondbacks organization. He, he, I, I expect, honestly, I expect him to be the next one called up to the major league uh, since, since Edouard was has been called up this year and playing consistently. I think Ryan Bliss is kind of that next guy uh, to expect to be in the major leagues from Auburn. But, yeah, I, I think it's really exciting to see. I mean, it's not exciting to see guys that are committed not end up at Auburn, but it, it, it's the positive in recruiting that. All right. You can get these guys to commit, even though uh, they are first-round talent. They are some of the best in the country, and uh, that will that, lead to other guys being able to commit. And Obviously, uh, the transfer portal is something that Coach Thompson has, has used and will continue to use and we will likely see uh, uh, starters come out of. We've seen it in recent years, Cooper McMurray. He was a transfer last year, and, and, and so on. So on Bryson Ware, he was a transfer several years ago, but he really transitioned into a great player, and I expect to hear his name called uh, either today or tomorrow in the MLB draft.
1: Hillman, as always, brother, we appreciate you and your time, all your insight and opinions when it comes to Auburn Athletics. Check them out, Jacob Hillman, at the Auburn Sports Network. Tell them where they can keep up with you and everything you guys got going on over there. Yeah,
5: follow me on Twitter at JacobHillmanAU. Follow the Auburn Sports Network at Uh New Talking Tigers podcast that dropped just today with Andy Burcham. Uh, he spoke with Butch Thompson and John Cohen about the new Plainsman Park renovations. It's Very interesting conversation about uh, the timeline that things will, will take place and, and just uh, how it's going to improve the experience of Plainsman Park. And I, I'm really looking forward to it um, over the next couple of years.
2: Yeah, and keep your uh, eyes on the uh, Facebook mar- marketplace around Sunday night, Monday for Jacob Hillman's golf clubs after he quits the game of golf.
5: That's not gonna happen, okay, Carter. That's, don't 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 falsely advertise something like that happening, okay? Because I'm just gonna make the hole in one this weekend, and I won't
2: have it. Okay? There you go. I I love the
1: attitude. Let's go. And then after the shank off the first tee, it's gonna go from that to cussing up a storm.
5: Possibly. We'll, 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 see. we'll, <laughs> well see. Well,
1: hey, enjoy enjoy your golf this weekend, and uh, we'll talk to you soon, okay?
5: Yeah, thanks for the time. Poor Eagle.
1: That is Jacob Hillman of the Auburn Sports Network. Uh, we, we, always, we always give him some sort of, of a hard time when he's on our show. I'm surprised it's he still comes about, on.
2: In the summer, it's always about golf.
1: It is always about golf because he plays a lot more than we do. Uh, but, uh, no, we appreciate him and his time. Again, go check him out. Jacob Hillman of the Auburn Sports Network. When we come back, we'll wrap it all up here on the Monday edition of On the Line.
0: You are on the line on ESPN 1067, online at ESPNAU.com, or on the
1: ESPN 1067 app. Back after a very quick break, uh, as we wrap up the Monday edition of On the Line, we appreciate Jacob Hillman joining us of the Auburn Sports Network. Uh, If you missed any of today's show, uh, we've talked a lot of Auburn athletics. There was a lot to talk about today when it comes to... Uh, Auburn football with the commitment of Malik Blockton over the weekend uh the SEC announced all of the players that will be in Nashville next week for SEC media day so uh, we talked about that and the three seniors that are going for Auburn want to talk a little bit of basketball as we wrap it up because we talked a little bit with Hillman but you and I haven't talked a ton about Jabari uh in his game winner his 38 piece all that good stuff um But uh, we talked about all those things, so uh, if you missed any of those conversations today, be sure you go and catch it with the podcast, ESPNAU.com, or just search on the line wherever you get your podcast. We also had our best and worst things in sports from over the weekend, so it's been a good
2: show. Oh, it's been a great show. It's been a great show. It's been fun. It has. We uh, got to talk about Hillman and his golf game. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Yeah. And five rounds in four days. Five rounds of 18 in four days.
2: I mean, I've seen I've seen some videos and stuff of people playing like a hundred holes in a day. Yeah, that's insane, though, man. I just At I don't Nose cove. Somebody played like a two hundred holes in a day. I just I don't, don't play do enough. That. I don't a I don't play be, enough. Like, clear the co- the course out and let me speed run mm-hmm. the whole thing. And when I go
1: and play, I usually don't have time for a five hour round, so I only get to play nine most of the time. So the the rare occasions that I do get to play eighteen, I'm usually exhausted by the end of it. Um, but good for Hillman. It's, it's, it's still in the offseason, technically. We're, we're getting closer to football season, though, with uh, 54 days is the countdown for Auburn football. But want to wrap back to basketball really quickly before we get out of here. We were talking about it with Hillman there. Sharif Cooper has looked really, really good in Summer League, and I think he is a fantastic point guard, man. I really, really do. And I think... A lot of people agree that he should get a chance in the NBA, but I've made this statement once, and I'll make it again because I truly believe it. If Jared Harper can't get to the pros, to the big top level, Sharif Cooper will never get there, and it's because of their height. It's because that limits them. Sharif is a
2: little bigger. Um, But not by much. I think he's a more naturally gifted ball handler and maybe passer. I don't think he has... The speed and quickness of of Jared, both of them, even the finishing ability, you can make an argument there. That's an interesting conversation at the rim. I think I think the sample size we saw at Auburn was too small to say that about Sharif. I think Sharif was a lot better at that than we thought. Shooting, which Sharif has found a three point stroke in in pro ball. Uh, but in the, in their time at Auburn, Jared Jared could really shoot from deep and from really far out. Sharif was not a great shooter. No.
1: In he two just, games
2: – His 12 games shooting the ball from deep looked like Brandon Miller in summer league.
1: Yeah, and Sharif in two games has averaged 17.5 points. Uh, he's shooting uh, – he's shooting 53% from the floor is is Sharif. Yeah. Um, he has played really well and impressed me, but the talk of Summer League has been Jabari Smith, man. It's been Jabari Smith who has, he had that big game with 38 points. He had the game winner, which I don't know how in the world he pulled that off. It was a terrible just lob pass over about three people. He just happened to come down with it, caught it at the top of the key, about, what, 28 feet away from the basket with .6 on the clock, caught it, launched it, buried it for the mm-hmm. win.
2: We got to talk about one last thing that's going to happen. Uh oh. The Home Run Derby. Yes, do the you Home want to Run make Derby. Picks on the Home Run Derby. Yeah, we can do that.
1: Show? And you know what? If so, people are interested in the Home Run Derby, they can tune in tonight here on ESPN
2: 1067 and catch that tonight. So be sure you tune in for that. All right. So we've got one seed Luis Robert Jr. versus eight seed Adley Rushman in the first matchup. Okay. Who do you got in that one? I'll take the one seed. (laughs) I'll take Adley Rushman. Oh, okay. Good for Uh, you. We've got two seed Pete Alonso versus seven seed Julio Rodriguez. Give me Pete Alonso. I'll take Julio Rodriguez. Oh, okay. Uh, See, I went with the seven seed. seed Two seed Mookie Betts versus six seed Vlad Guerrero Jr.
1: Look, Mookie is one of my favorite players in the game. He broke my absolute heart into shattered pieces when he left my beloved Red Sox. I'm taking Guerrero.
2: Yeah, because give. Mookie's given up a hundred pounds in that matchup. Yes. I'm taking Guerrero as well, so I've got the lower seeds and the, the the I guess lower seeds in all three matchups so far. Adolis Garcia, the four seed, versus Randy Orozarena. Hmm. the five seed. What are you going with? I am going to go Adolis Garcia. Well, then I will take. I will go the other way. Then I'll okay. take Randy uh, Orozarena. So that means you have Robert versus Orozarena. I will take Robert. Okay, any reasoning there? Just one seed? Yep. I will take Adolis Garcia to beat out Adley Rushman in the second round. Okay. So this means we have, um, you have... You have Pete Alonso versus Vlad Guerrero. Give me Pete Alonso, the home run derby king. I have Julio Rodriguez versus Vlad Guerrero, and I will take Julio Rodriguez in that matchup, which now means you have Robert... Versus Pete Alonso. I'm
1: sticking with Pete Alonso. Why not? Why not? I think that's a pretty safe pick. Home that's run right. derby king.
2: Give me Pete Alonso. I have Adolis Garcia winning the, the home run derby. Okay. Okay. There we go. That's not bad. It's a four seat. That's not bad. Julio R- Rodriguez, people forget, put up stupid numbers last year. Put up like the most, the most or second most home runs in a home run derby. He just ran out of gas because he hit so many in like yeah. his second round. Yeah, and that's the that's the thing about the home you run gotta derby. You got to get in a rhythm. You got to have a good pitcher getting a rhythm and not wear yourself out. Yep. Because Josh Hamilton did what he did and had that historic round, but people forget he lost to Justin Morneau. In that home run, dirt.
1: Yes, he did. Well, hey, tune into the Home Run Derby tonight here on ESPN 106.7. Starts at 6 o'clock, coverage does, and then the All-Star game is tomorrow. But, hey, until tomorrow, stay safe. I'll talk to you later.